Hi, welcome to Craft Beer Bucket List with Big Ray and Mike, where we review beers you have to try before you die. We're recording. All right, everybody. Welcome to episode eight of season two of Craft Beer Bucket List. How you doing, man? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm doing pretty damn good. Um, so into the quarantine's coming. Seeing the light in the tunnel. How are things going yeah. there in Oklahoma? Uh, you know, things are good. Life is getting back to normal. In uh, you know, we're recording this just one week away from you know phase three of the reopening so it gives it away this is the end of may now so by the time this goes live you know we should be back to hopefully much much closer to normalcy if not all the way there but man june 1st is a big day for for all of us yeah yeah so you know bars and restaurants are are reopened you know with some restrictions most all of our services are back open so it's uh, it's exciting time and just in time for summer and I'm excited because I'm leaving for a vacation on May the 31st. So that was all planned well before COVID. <laughs> so where, like, where are you going, man? Uh, going to Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, nice. So driving there from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. So we're going to stop and you know see the Grand Canyon, you know, and uh, a few other things. You go take yeah. the kiddo to see Hoover Dam, and yeah. as many breweries along the way as possible. Nice. Yeah, because why not, right? Yeah. So you going through um, Phoenix area? Uh, no, Phoenix is way way south out of the way. Okay, so you're going through Albuquerque and then up. Yep. Yeah, I'll be going through Albuquerque. Uh, actually, my first stop is in Albuquerque, staying the night there, then driving to Flagstaff, Arizona, stay the night there, juke up, see the Grand Canyon for a little while, and then uh, coast into Las Vegas after that. It's only about a four hour drive from Flagstaff to Las Vegas. Yeah, it's only like three hours south of Flagstaff, right, to Phoenix? To Phoenix, yep. Okay. Because I went to, I, I was at a conference in Phoenix, and we drove up to the Grand King through Flagstaff. We stopped there in eight. Uh, gotcha. Um, and there was a terrific restaurant where we had um, wonderful Tex-Mex. Right on. Oh, man. Have you been to Flagstaff before? Oh, many times. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, oh, yeah. cool. That uh, sounds like a fun trip, man. Yeah, so I'm excited. You know, I think our last episode or two episodes ago, we talked about a, a beer that I found uh, from Black Mesa Brewing, which is out of Norman, Oklahoma. But we routed ourselves on our way back to go through um, a little, I forget the name of the town. I think it's Kenton, maybe, or Kenmore. Kenton. Uh, Kenton. Okay, got it right the first time. So, so we can actually uh, go visit Black Mesa. So I'm kind of excited for that. Now I don't know if things have changed, but there's no gas. Or you cannot buy gas in Kenton, so I don't know where. Which you want to buy, when you start getting close, you want to buy gas wherever you're at. Make sure. Ah, you're right. Okay. Because I think when you're in Kenton's ten miles away from the Black Mesa site, right? Um, right. Ish, um, and you the, the Black Mesa State Park is actually not at the Black Mesa, um, but. If you drive back through Oklahoma after that is what you're doing? 
Yeah, so we're, we're going to run ourselves back from Albuquerque, New Mexico. We're going to go, go up into Santa Fe, New Mexico, and over through Las Vegas, Nevada, and then cut back across you know, through the panhandle of Texas that way and back into Oklahoma. So if, you, if, you're, like, if you're leaving that area and you're going east back into Oklahoma, that's I forget the, the name of the highway, but it turns into 412. Um, right. Somewhere right near the, the armpit area. Um, but Boys City, as you're doing that, Boys City is the first town in Oklahoma you'll come to where you can get gas, I believe. And that's a decent okay. sized little area, but just FYI. So, oh, no, that's good information to have. Yeah. And get yeah, your hiking from there. There's a, there's, so there's also a place where it's, it's not like, it's not called Four Corners, but I think it's, I don't, I don't know what they call it, where Colorado, uh, Oklahoma, and New Mexico come together. Right. So uh, that is, that is called Four Corners. You know, we weren't going to go there. But the park is still closed with no date to reopen. No, that's not the four corners. This is only three states. It's right there by Black Mesa. Oh, okay. So you're thinking uh, Colorado or our new. So it's either Maybe New it's Mexico, Kansas. Texas, and. I want to say it's Colorado, Oklahoma, Kansas, or something and, like that. And New Mexico. Had to be New Mexico. I can't remember. We'd have to get on a map. But, anyway, yeah, so it's right there. Close. Map, but I'm with you. It's okay. right there close to the Black Mesa. And then there's also oh. um, near that is a place where they've got preserved dinosaur tracks and they're big. Oh, um, I didn't know about your, that. Your That'd kiddo would like that. Yeah. So hey, I would like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that, she would too. It takes a little bit to find those. So like uh, I'd get online, I'd get online and try to find some good directions because it's all close. It's close to that area that I'm talking about where the three states come together. Okay. So um, anyway, some, some fun stuff to be around there because I, I, I would, I've been out there half a dozen times for different projects and whatnot. So, right on. It's cool. No, uh, it sounds cool. And you're just, are you stopping to stay the night there? Or are you just stopping and continuing on? Yeah. So, we're going to get a hotel in, a, or I have a hotel in Parsons, Kansas, I think. So, it's a couple hours past Black Mesa. Uh, so, but it's still, it's a good stopping point and then just an easy four or five hour jog back to Tulsa from there. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, if if you're gonna, so you're gonna go back up into Kansas then. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I'm a member of a uh, Hilton Honors, so I had a bunch of points saved up, so I booked hotels where I could get a free hotel. Sure. And that was the nearest free hotel I could get. That was still going east back to the Tulsa Metro. Well, I th- like I was saying earlier uh, when we were talking offline, is um, you know it's it's I think it's eight miles round trip if you want to go to the top of the Oklahoma and back. Now I think it's probably about three to the top of the mesa, and right. then back. So if you want to just go see the top of a mesa and look out, which is cool, uh, and come back down, um, or if you want to hike and do the, the peak bagging for Oklahoma, I think it's another mile across the mesa to the, the tip top. Um, gotcha. But it, it's a hike, dude. I mean, even when I was in shape, hiking a lot for my job there that I was doing the GIS stuff, um, it's a hike. So anyway, right on. Hey, tell yeah, us about so, these beers so we can we can drink while we're talking. Yeah, golly, we've been talking about this for a while. So anyway, we got a solid lineup, Mike. I feel like I may have said that before. Uh, but our shared beer tonight is going to be uh, Grindhouse Cream Ale, or the Goats River Grindhouse Cream Ale. If I could read, that would be great. Um, I've got a beer called Vape Tricks by Prairie Artisan. So totally repping a local brewery here from the Oklahoma area. So I'm excited for the, I, I vape and I saw this, I'm like, oh, I can't do vape tricks, but I'd love to try this beer. 
It's a sour ale aged on cherries. And uh, you've got a beer from the Unibrow Brewery, the La Fin du Monde, if I said that La right. Fin du Monde. La Fin du Monde. Okay. So it sounds, was, uh, sounds like French. That's what I was told to pronounce it, Matt. And it's supposed to, I, I was told it means the end of the world. Ah, okay. So, and I, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but that's what I was told. Right on. Either way, it sounds cool. Right? So, so I'm excited to get your review on that. But Mike, yeah, it's that time. Oh snap! It is that time. Mm, cheers! cheers. Boop. Oh man! So I'll take a drink here real quick, Mike. You want to tell us about the brewery? Yeah. So Ghost River Brewing um, is in Memphis, Tennessee. Right? Uh, they're independently owned and operated. Um, they've been making beer since about 2007. Um, so one thing about, uh, breweries around the Memphis area is they, uh, claim to have some of the finest water on earth. Um, so there's a sand aquifer, uh, that has fine sand and uh, quartz and all that. Um, that's, you know, right there in that area. And then every, uh, the local folks and the breweries and all that use that water around Memphis. So, right. the, so they've got a kind of a, got a unique, uh, water, uh, availability. Um, so the, the Ghost River is actually, and this is something I pulled off their website earlier today. It's, the Ghost River is actually something that exists. It's, you know, it's a section of the local Wolf River, which is uh, a little east of Memphis. Um, and so the water looks calm. I get, and, and this is again, this is what I read. I haven't been there, but the supposedly the water looks calm on the surface, and then uh, deep they have a deep channel that cuts through it, uh, the riverbed below. So there's a hidden undercurrent, right? So wow. that, and they call that the Ghost River. So, um, and I guess that's where, and, and that body of water, the the Wolf River, and then the Ghost River, right? That's what pours water in that aquifer, um, so that you know they can make the beer. Wow! Uh, right on. Yeah. So, so beyond that, you know, I, I was I was going through Memphis. I, I was going to uh, stop and grab some local brews, and I found uh, some some Ghost River stuff <laughs> and some other stuff, and I picked it up, and I thought, let's try it out. So right on. And uh, here we go. So far, man. Wow. I'm very impressed with this. Um, this is a super, it, just right off the bat, it's incredibly smooth, like silky smooth, medium bodied. And it, it just, it feels super refreshing. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, a, I'm an aroma guy. I love to smell these. And I'm getting it. It almost smells like cereal. Yeah. Right. Or the grains that would be used in in cereal, and I kind of like that. It's not. It's just a light sweetness about it. Um. So a little floral, maybe. Maybe that's some yeah. of the sweetness I'm picking up. So yeah, in the in the cream ale, it's it's a uniquely American beer, right? So it's it's the American style uh, light lager, light ale. So you know. There's, there's a couple of different recipes out there for it, but they frequently use corn and rice to make these types of beers. And, you know, there's, yeah. there's been, you know, there's a lot of these things have gone on with Miller versus Budweiser versus Coors on, uh, you know, rice and corn and all this other corn syrup and rice and all this stuff that's going on. But that right corn is uniquely American. Right. And uh, so this is, this came out of that. And so it, in these, these cream ales, you know, they're typically, uh, they're low bitter, low low bitterness. If I can talk, yeah, right? Very. And then they some, you know, they have a little creaminess to them. So, you know, the, the mouthfeel and whatnot. So, 
Um, and usually they're pretty well carbonated and, and the taste is uh, pretty forward. So uh, uniquely American uh, brew right here, you know, and more and more people are making the cream ale uh, and it competes well with the lagers and the light lagers of the world, right? Right. No, the, I would take this any day over most of the lagers or even pilsners that you get, you know, from some of the big name brewers. Um, so I like the carbonation. This it's it's a little higher than what I normally go for, you know, like an IPA or similar type beer. Uh, but like this is just so clean and refreshing. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice. No, absolutely. So I was like, man. So I haven't had a ton of cream ales, so I, I don't have off the top. Of my head, I don't have one to compare this to. Um, but man, I'm quickly becoming a fan. I have to try out some more of these, Mike. No, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, just a solid representation of the style. Yeah, and it's it's very light. The mouth feels very very smooth and you know light to medium body. Uh, probably more on the light side. Um, it's you know it's very crisp. It's you know it's very. I can see it being a great thirst quencher when you're outside because it's very crisp and easy to down really quick, right? No, absolutely. Um, and I was looking, I don't know, was it 5% alcohol, 4.5%? It is 5% ABV. Yep. Yeah. I thought I saw that somewhere, but I don't remember where. But, um, man, I, I'll be honest, this drink's more like a three-point beer, you know, like uh, back in the days, It kind of right? does. Yeah. Like, you know, the near beer before, you know, before we got, especially in Oklahoma, before they brought in the six-point yeah. at the convenience stores. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago in Oklahoma, if you wanted a, you know, 6%, 6% beer, you had to go to the liquor store and buy it warm. They couldn't even sell it to you cold. Yeah. And uh, so now it's in every gas station, you know, in the state, which is great. Even some craft beers I can go to the local convenience store and get. Uh, so, but no, it's good stuff, man. Like, I'm really, really enjoying this. Like, dude, I, for... For today, not that I had a bad day, but you know, it's uh, we record at night, and it's like, you know what? I always look forward to having a couple beers with you, buddy. Yeah. And uh, it's like, man, you sent me a solid, solid beer here. So, kudos to Grindhouse. Yeah. So let's talk um, about let's talk about the the artwork on this. I, that's something I thought was pretty unique. Yeah. Um, and I guess that kind of looks like it's a bar or honky tonk, like shotgun style, like an old. Like a newer right. version of a saloon, maybe. Is that making sense? What do you think? That no, is? it is. No, I mean this looks like places I have seen in the deep south. You go to some seedy little, you know, town, and that's what the local, you know, drink drink hole looks like. Yeah, just a small little shack. You know, some stairs up off the dirt to get you out of the mud as you go inside. Yeah. And uh, just big enough for, you know, 15 or so people because that's the most you're ever going to get there at a time. Yeah. And uh, so the neon lights, they do have live music. You might get five more people crammed inside plus the guitar player. <laughs> you know, I, I'm really digging it. I like the color scheme on it. It's it's, it's like a, a real light blue uh, and contrasting with the black and the silver. Silver, yeah. The aluminum of the can, right? And then you turn around, it's got the... Black and the blue, the blue. I guess the blue, the the water and all that, the river water and whatnot. But I like it. I like the can a lot. I think it's kind of cool. It's one of the more unique uh, cans I've seen in a little bit. You know, we've always talked about the can art when we remember. But oh, right. Uh, oh, no doubt. But no, I like the, it's simple, elegant, and and gets the point across without having to slap a bunch of bright colors and just like they get you. It's like they get you in a, in a subtle way, and uh, I like that too. 
Well, what kind of rating would you give this beer? So I'm just going to, because I'm not super familiar with the style, like you have nothing you know, off the top of my head to compare it to, but just for my taste bros, I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10 because I, I very much enjoyed it. Um, again, I like the creaminess and the mouthfeel. Um, it doesn't, like you said, it's doesn't, you don't really get the alcohol out of it. Um, so a super crushable beer, uh, given it's, you know, we're encroaching summertime. This is a great, great beer for that. And uh, yeah. just heavy enough, right, with enough flavor. I don't feel like it's a watered-down beer. Sure. Um, I can actually enjoy the flavors and, and get that, that that craft beer feel that I love. Sure. So what uh, about you, Mike? Give this? So I, I was going to give it an 8 out of 10 as well. Uh, I think it's a pretty good representation of the style. Um, I think a lot of a lot of cream ales are actually going to be a little bit sweeter. Um, so this is uh, dialed back a little bit, which actually I like. Um, right on. Overall. But I think you know the, the cream ales usually going to be a little bit sweeter. I, so I'm going to say I think the carbonation's a little too ramped up on this. I think I'd like it toned down just a smidge. And uh, beyond that, I, I like the fact that it's, you know, of the cream ales I've had, this has got a little bit more of a hop to it. Um, not like it's overpowering, I'm not saying that, but, you know, it's, it's got a little bit there. And I, help, I think it helps the flavor profile uh, a lot. Um, so I think, right you know, the flavors are pretty well balanced. Uh, the body, I, I would have liked it. You know, I prefer my beers with a little bit more body. However... And I did, I'm not, my rating had nothing to do with the body of the beer because I understand that it's a light beer. It's crushable. You want to drink several of these. You want to be a little bit lighter as far as body goes. So I'm, uh, just my observation. Um, so I would like it to be a little bit sweeter um, and then a little less carbonation. And I think at gotcha. upper echelons of cream ales, uh, you know, it's still really good. An eight out of 10 is really good. But Absolutely. So, so we're, we're done to our food pairings, Mike. Like, I know immediately what I want with this beer. But I want to know where you're at with it. Uh, this is a summertime beer, so I got to have like a, a hamburger, um, cheeseburger, um, something like that. Right on. Uh, I mean, I can't be too specific. It's, it's a pretty versatile beer, right? No, it, it definitely is. Uh, my, my first thought with this is I want, I'm thinking Southern. We're, we're coming out of Memphis with this, but I want some thick, fluffy biscuits some butter and honey. I'm like, what do I love with that? I'm thinking like a chicken fried steak, you know, some fried okra, maybe some uh, some collard greens or the green beans with bacon. And when you know those, tr- some of the more traditional, some collard greens, just traditional Southern comfort food. I get but that. I want that sweetness with the biscuits and the, and the honey, not too sweet. Now, yeah. I think a lot of those flavors would go incredible with this beer. Sure. I'll go with that. So, you know, yeah, we, both gave, we both gave it an 8 out of 10 for different reasons, and then we paired it with some yeah. kind of burger or some kind of a chicken fried steak with collard greens, fried okra, that kind of stuff, right? Some comfort Absolutely. Foods. Very good. Cool, man. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, Mike, um, there's something I've been thinking about here for a little bit, and uh, I want to know if you can answer a question for me. Sure. Hey, man, so uh, I cracked my beer already. Oh, look at him go. The Fendamon. Which supposedly means the end of the world. So this is um, it's, a, it's a Belgian triple um, out of Canada because uh, you wanted to give me a hard time about it, but it's from Quebec. <laughs> um, it's Canadian, right? Um, it told me it was sorry the minute I opened it, you know. <laughs> um, but th- this is a beer that has won a ton, a ton of medals, and um, I remember a while back somebody told me about it and. I tasted, 
I think they gave me like a little shot glass type taster of theirs and I liked it. And I had never, I was, it was always one of those beers. I'm like, I got to get one. And I just never did. Right. right. Um, so now I did. So, so now I did. Right. But look at it. It's a good looking beer. Yeah. So it's, it's one of the, it's one of the, uh, unibrow or unibraw. I, I've heard different people say it different ways and I don't know the right way to say it. I'll be honest. Um, it got purchased up by a couple different uh, beer conglomerates at this point. Uh, I, I I read earlier who owns it now, and I don't remember, to be honest. But um, it's still the same beer. It's still really good. Um, they make they make several really good beers. Um, they've been brewing this one since the mid-90s. It's uh, really, really good. So um, when you smell it, you get like a, a weedy banana, you know, like a slight uh, type of um, almost like a heavy type stuff, but not as, not as present. Okay. Right. But when you drink like it, banana clove, any, any clove in there, like a, no, not really any clove. Not really. Okay. No. Um, but when you, when you, when you drink it, it, it doesn't, I don't like, I get just a light, light banana, banana E type smell. But when you drink it, you don't get any of that. You drinks, and tastes more like a almost like a whip beer spiced whip beer kind of thing, but right on. So this is a Unibrow's flagship ale, also I think, right? Yeah, I think I, I thought I got the stuff out from around. Uh oh, got that wrapper there. Oh man, I think I just got a little bit of a little bit in my mouth. But uh, right row. yeah, that's all right. Um, so the, the Belgian yeast in this is what really brings it out i mean it's got just a, such a unique flavor um as far as the yeast goes so like the spices are there it's got kind of a spiciness from the front to the back and then and with the finish and everything um, right it's, it's kind of a dry finish as well um but man the the the, the yeast and the, the fruitiness and the spiciness all that kind of coming together this is a dang good beer dude uh i'm glad i finally picked it up i've got a couple more in the fridge so i'm, I'm very happy Oh, right on. So you can see why this is such an award-winning beer then, yeah? Absolutely. Man, it's just, so, it, it, it's, um, this This may be, so I, you know this, I'm a fan of wit beers. Right. And uh, what I like about that is they got that kind of a spice to them, right? Sure. Uh, you know, like the ones we've had. Um, this one has that, and it has a better flavor backbone to it. Like the body of the beer is a little bit better flavor and all that. So the, the Belgian yeast, I guess... Um, just kept, you know, shines through really hardcore and dude, it's really good. Um, wow. Yeah. That's good so, stuff, and, man. And I would say it's like the, the body is, a uh, you know, medium to maybe a slightly under that. I'd say it's a medium body beer. Um, you know, I don't know if you can, you can't see real well, but it's, it's not clear, but it's hazy. Yeah. It looks a little, even through the camera that I can yeah. see, it's got a little haze to it. Yeah. So, um, but man, it's the flavor is so good. Um, man, so it's 9% alcohol, 9% ABV. Um, it says it's a Belgian style triple L, which we already talked about. And, uh, it's bottle refermented. It's brewed with spices. Um, and it's, uh, dang dude, really good. That's all I can say. It's really good. Um, I think I would rate this a nine out of 10. Whoa, a rare nine. Yeah. I'd say this is a nine. It may climb a little higher than that. Uh, as it warms up and I get some different uh, flavors out of it, it may climb, you know, to a nine and a half. I don't know. 
it's really good. It's it's a, one of the better beers I've had in a long time. Um, so I'm gonna right. give it I'm gonna give it a nine starting up front. Um, and then as far as food pairings, dude, I don't really know. As this is a beer that I'm enjoying by itself. I can't even. I want to. What should I eat with this? I don't know. I think I need to take another drink. Yeah, take another drink, man. Get those taste bros activated there. You know, I'm kind of thinking like a um, like a hearty, like a real hearty, like a homemade uh, or you know farm farmers market type hearty bread. You know, something with it. Oh, there you real, go. Real stout, earthy flavor to it. Um, you know, not the, not the bread that really is just cake. <laughs> you know, like the white bread you right. get. Oh yeah, like American cake is what that is, right? I'm talking about the, the sure. hearty bread that you know you got to have a knife to really slice it. Um, it's yeah, man. Real thick and heavy, um, but maybe even you know. I think there's a couple different breads that probably go really well with this. So there that's my go. story, and I'm gonna stick to it, dude. This is really that's good. Fun. Have you had one of these? Uh, I have not had that, but okay. if I have, I don't remember. You know, in years yeah. gone by, Mike, we used to go to different spots, and uh, we would look at a menu like Fox and the Hound. So free plug to those guys. And yeah. you, we would go in there with just the two of us or some friends and order beers from around the world, whatever was on the menu yeah. at the time. And uh, who knows how many, you know, maybe a hundred or so, you know, different beers we had from around the world. And a lot of them are pretty standard. They have wide distribution if we can find them in Oklahoma. Yeah. So that may have been one that I have had before and just honestly don't remember because that was long before I kept track of the beers I was trying. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's so good. But no, no, it definitely is. I've got a spot where I'm at in Broken Arrow. I can find a lot of international beers like that. So I may go hunt one of those down next time I go visit, probably when I get back from vacation. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Get one. It's worth it. Even if it's not like going to pick six or beer buffet or something like that, you know, uh, it's right worth on. picking up. It's, it's a good beer. Uh, so it is. I've been holding it, helping it warm up a little bit. So maybe I can get some different flavors out of it. And I think uh, slightly chilled is the way. As, I'm, as it's warming up, it's kind of losing its luster for me. Uh, okay. so I think slightly chilled is the better way to drink it. But I, I'll stand by my nine all day long. Uh oh, excuse me. Oh gosh, late night yawn there, Mike. Sorry. There's no yawn on craft beer that bucket list. Do what? So there's no yawning on craft beer bucket list. Uh oh. Well, I'll accept my punishment later. <laughs> I couldn't hold that one back. Man, sorry. <laughs> Boo. It, it happens sometimes. So for those who are, you know, hearing this on the podcast, they're not going to see a big old yawn here. But if they're watching us on YouTube, they're like big rages yawn like no other. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, uh, pop the top on yours and let's let's find out what Ray's drinking. Yeah, man. So you know, this is a beer that gets uh, mixed reviews. Man, I've seen a lot of negative stuff posted about this beer. Um, I found a four pack of these the other day at my local grocery store and I was doing some shopping. And I saw this hot pink can. I'm like, I like Prairie Artisan, so I'll give this a try. So you I'm said it's, have a, to give it's a wild L aged with cherries? Yes. So, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Prairie. Um, you know, we featured a couple of their beers before on social media. I was excited to find these guys distributing all the way out to, to Long Island, New York. I found, a, you know, a whole lot of their styles out there. So, well, you know, with the Wild Ales, you know, that, that is a, a unique beer style. And I think a lot of people get one either expecting it to be a typical ale or get one expecting it to be like a traditional sour. And uh, it's right. neither. And it is different. You know, it, it's a very different beer. Hmm. 
So and uh, first impression is like it's not terrible uh, by any means. Um, it's it is different. It's definitely a sour. Um, you know, and largely through this, but I've tried a lot more sours since we started the podcast. So that really opened up, you know, a whole new world of, of beer flavors for me. So I would say if you're a person that enjoys a sour, uh, this would be a good one to add uh, to your list of beers. So if I can see where if somebody's not into sours or they're new to it, they might be turned off by it because it is different. Uh, it doesn't strike me as a... I don't, and I don't even know what style to try to even remotely pair this with. Because uh, my favorite, you know, sour style is a gosse or gose. Yeah, that's um, a white and sour. And uh, so it doesn't really even speak to that to me. Um, you know, one review I saw where someone says it's crispy but not bad, like a tonic gone astray. Hmm. Um, I read somewhere that says it's honestly the smell of garbage on a hot summer sidewalk. And uh, I'm like, whoa. So the first thing, I always take a smell anyway. But I'm like, I don't get that at all. It's It smells kind of like a, I'll say cherry mash. You know, whenever you prepare cherries to make something else, sometimes you get like a weird or different odor. It smells like that thing, but it's a little off. Okay. So you get some of that. So obviously, well, yeah, it's a sour and it's set on aged cherries. Of course, you're going to get that. But for me, it's not off-putting. It's just okay. different. Right. And that's what I was saying. Now, those wild ales, you know, that's wild. You know, and what I'm guessing is it's wild harvested yeast is what they're talking about here. Okay. And, you know, so, you know, wherever that they got sense. the yeast. And I, did, they, did you see anything about the yeast? Is there anything that talks about the yeast anywhere? Uh, you know, not that I've seen. I honestly didn't do a lot of homework on this beer, Mike. Um, I was really okay. just a track. And uh, I vape, right? So I make no no secret about that. And I like that. I saw the can art and I saw like the little cloud shapes that obviously you sure. can't make if you're a vapor. But it looks cool. The hot pink caught my eye, and it's a brewery I'm a fan of. So I'm like, oh, I want to try this and, and review it on the podcast. Well, you know, um, I, I'd be interested in seeing, you know, if, if they talk about their wild yeast is, you know, where, where that came from. Is it a house yeast? Is that something, you know, and I remember going to a couple of different um, breweries up in uh, Burlington, Vermont, that had a lot of wild ales and stuff like that. and Some very funky right. flavors and some very unique flavors, and some people are really into that. For me, um, it has to be the right beer at the right time for me to really dig it with that stuff. Right. It, it, it is not for an everyday person, man. Like if you're if you're a intro into craft beer, I would say stay away from wild hey. Yeah. So like I said, for for me, this is it's a nice change of pace. It's a light flavor. It's not overpowering. It doesn't have a, a huge overpowering aroma. Work like you said, it's off putting. You put your nose to it. And it's like, oh, what's that? And I don't get that at all from this beer. Um, it's different, which is great, but it's light enough. It's it's manageable. The flavor is not super punchy. Uh, so this is a great summertime beer. And I would say even maybe an introduction or introductory beer into sours. Um, so I've had several beers that were just way over the top sour and really kind of hard to put down. Uh, so this one, it's, it's light. It has a nice cherry flavor about it, uh, which I think it should, given it says it's soaked in, in cherries. Um, so I would, I'm thinking I would probably give it a 7.5 out of 10. Okay. It's not for my palate so much. Like I'll, I'll enjoy it. I've got several more of these in the fridge. I'm going to enjoy all of them. Um, but it's not something that I would probably circle back to like, oh man, I'm really craving this beer. But for me, it was fun to try. I enjoy it, but there are plenty of other beers that I enjoy more. So I'll probably reach for those next time. 
Um, it's still fun to drink. Yeah. And again, I, I like to rep the Oklahoma breweries, and I think they did a, a good job here of making something cool and unique, and it doesn't suck because a lot of times people reach for the stars and they just don't do so hot. Swing and a miss. Uh, so you give it a seven and a half? Is that what she said? Seven point five out of ten. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, but I, I want some like, you know, when you're outside and, and you're doing, I always talk about mowing outside, doing yard work. Uh, but we're re, uh, remodeling the front of the house as far as our garden area goes and expanding a, a seating area and whatnot. And uh, one thing I've enjoyed with that since it started to warm up is when the ice cream truck goes by, my daughter flips out and we got to go get her ice cream. We don't have to, but you have a kid. You want to make him happy. And hell, I want ice cream too. Uh, but I want some of those creamsicle push pops. I'm outside in the yard and I'm cutting wood, you know, just, you know cutting yeah. lumber to build something. And I happen to have one of these. I'm going to want some of that summertime fruity ice cream. Yeah. And I think those would pair fantastic. Like I'm not, this is not a meal beer for me. Yeah. Uh, I can't see myself really, really eating anything substantial. Um, but a fruity snack like that. Yeah. Push pop, I think would go great with this. Awesome. So, you know, that, that to kind of round us out uh, and conclude this episode. Um, that's a, a, another three beers that we're going to put on the list of beers you need to try before you die. Uh, your crappier bucket list. Um, so we have the, the, the ghost house or ghost house, the ghost river grind house, um, which we both rated an eight out of 10 um, celebrating. We really liked it. It's got the creaminess of a cream ale. It's got some unique flavors. Um, you tried the prairie artisan vape tricks, which is a vape wild tricks? ale with cherries aged on cherries. Give it a seven and a half. So that goes on the list. It's got some unique flavors. So, you know, it's, it's for the adventurous type. And then mm -hmm. I had La Fin du Monde by Unibral, um, which is out of Canada, which is, but it's widely distributed. You should be able to pick it up in a, anywhere in the United States. And it's a Belgian triple, and I gave that a nine. So, you know, the Ghost River eight, the Vape Tricks, the Ghost, the Ghost River Grindhouse eight, the Prairie Artisan Vape Tricks, we, um, you gave a seven and a half. And then La Fin du Monde, yep. I gave a nine. So that's three really good ratings and it's three really good beers, man. I think absolutely. Uh, I think you had a solid lineup as you uh, built this built this one out for us. Yes, sir. So uh, I'm going to say thank you for everybody for listening to episode eight of season two, and I'll let Ray take it out with the outro. Absolutely. So again, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate y'all being here. We love all the support that we get in the comments and being tagged on photos on the social medias. So if you would check out the social media and the websites for the breweries that we featured today, show them some love, learn something new and try something different the next time you visit your beer house and, and buy something to take home to your beer fridge. So also follow us on social media. Be sure to give us those thumbs ups, likes and shares. And also if you listen to our podcast on Apple, Google, Stitcher, just wherever. Be sure to give us that five star rating. Be sure to subscribe and also share with your friends and families. And as always, guys, please never drink and drive. But do drink local and support local, and we'll see you guys on Episode 9. Have a great night, everybody. Adios.